Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price. And there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Welcome to the bi weekly wheelbarrow podcast, where we pinpoint the finest wheelbarrow and wheelbarrow accessories for the modern gymnast. What? what? I'd listen to that, actually. Well, that's my other podcast. My name is Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvic. This is the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. And who, sir, are you? I am still Sean Holly. How are you, Vic? In your face, Mr. In Holly. In my face. In not my too face. bad, not too bad. We've got a yeah. funny special show. We're recording on April the 1st. We may mess about a bit. More than a bit. Slightly more than normal, perhaps, mm. probably. Okay, so let's get on with it. What have you been up to? Shall I do me first? What yeah, I been, on, I've been up to tons of stuff. Right, yeah, I was doing a lot of tidying the garage. You know how my arcade garage is never, ever tidy? It's always got bits of arcade and control panels on the floor, tools everywhere, wire, solder all over the floor, bits of stuff. I actually, okay. I actually spent a lot of time getting everything up to snuff because people have been coming around the last week and this weekend, and I wanted them to go in the garage and play arcade games, so I had to get everything sorted. And I found out... That when I actually get my arcade up to snuff, where everything's off the floor, it's all nice and vacuumed, all the games are working, it's really nice in that. I really like it. It gives me a, an extended enthusiasm for the hobby. Whereas sometimes mm. I get a bit down and you know you can't move, you can't work properly, and then things aren't working, and you get miffed, and you just stop playing and you stop going in there, and you know it's a pain in the backside. But when it's actually all nice, it's really good. And I can't wait until I move into the new house when we actually get a new house, when we sell this one. To have a room like that, I don't need to mess around and work in. I can work in, an, in another area. So the yeah. arcade will always be an arcade for playing in. So I can have little parties around, people can come around and play in there and just play the games. But I can have an extra room, which is going to be the garage sort of area, to fix things, mess about, do PCBs, all that kind of gear. So Like a workshop. Yeah, workshop. be nice having an arcade workshop. I've always wanted one. It'd be great. So, uh, American friends came round last weekend. They actually left today. I took them to the airport today. This is Kevin Savitz and his wife, Peace. Uh, Kevin, as people may know already, is on all sorts of podcasts. He's on the Antic Atari podcast. He's on Eaten by a Gru podcast. He's just started a new one, a new tech one, which I've got to listen to when I get back to work. I haven't heard it yet, but apparently it's very good. And he was saying that the other hosts are all sort of, they're not used to podcasting, but they're just settling into podcasting now. Right. And they're going really well. As soon as they, like you did when you first started, when you relax with your podcasting, it just comes naturally. And they're going to listen to that one. It yeah. sounds really good. It's all about tech. Not necessarily old stuff, but a mixture of old and new, I think. Nice. So they came round and brought me some things from America, which I will talk about in the pickup section, of course. And when we were playing in there, we were playing the games, he wanted to hear my centipede noises. Because my <laughs> repertoire of stupid noises spreads far and wide. That's quite good. That's just for everyone else, that one. 
So, uh, I fitted, in my preparation, I actually got another cab sorted out, which we'll sort of touch on in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, so, the Savitz visit, uh, I fitted one of my ISIS cabs with a Berserk game. Berserk! A Berserk! And made a panel for it, because I didn't have the right panel on it, to turn the monitor around as well. And the, the monitor was really fizzy. Get busy with the fizzy with soda streams. Because you know when you know it's got the suction cup on the back which holds all the the big vaults, the anode the cap. The anode cap. Yeah. Yep. Well done. You remembered something. Well, give him a biscuit. Yeah, I did. Well, what happened is the anode cap was quite a hard rubber, and it got hard over time. It wasn't making a proper suction, and it was obviously a gap there. And you could actually see tiny lightning inside it. Oh, it's my favourite type of lightning. Is tiny lightning. Not, not if you put your finger near it, it wouldn't be. Right. So what I did to fix it, it wasn't. It was making a bit of fizziness. I think what happened. I don't think the gap was the problem. I think it was. It got a bit of moisture in there where it was in its, its old home from before, or in a van overnight or wherever it was transported in. So what I did is I pushed it down and put a load of hot glue around it yeah. and let it set. And hot glue is awesome. I bought a new hot glue gun as well. It's massive. <laughs> Look at my. Nice. I'm going to get it for you. I'm going to get it. Look, it's just here, Sean. Look at my hot glue gun. That's not massive. That's like medium sized. You don't get any bigger than that. My old one was really Fair small. Enough. No, it's like it's like a it's like a Magnum forty five hot glue gun. Yeah. You not got a glue cannon? No, <laughs> a glue machine gun. <laughs> That's my cannon. It glue delivers cannon glue in twelve litre bursts. Yeah, if you want something sticky properly, use yeah. a glue cannon. Yeah, that ain't coming down, son. <laughs> Uh, I also installed a knocker in the Qbert cap. Thunk. Don't even mention any jokes to do with a knocker. I'm not having it on this podcast, young man. (laughs) We did that on Facebook. Uh, Stuart Tracy from the Time War Arcade also visited last Saturday, just before the Sabbaths came, actually. He dropped a few things off and picked up a bunch of stuff I gave him for the arcade. Huge monitors, cabs, all sorts of stuff. Nice, nice. I've also been working on the OK Baby cap. Oh, lovely. Which someone I know is going to have on me, hopefully, before long. I made a new panel for it with a one-stick and four-button layout. Now, the customer was being a right pain in the backside about where he wanted all his (laughs) buttons to be. Wasn't he, Sean? It's very important. Yeah, you're damn right, actually. I need to sort the monitor on that because the monitor that's in it is a Chinese thing with an Orion tube. It's either a Chinese or a Taiwanese cheap monitor chassis, but a good tube. And the picture, it's okay, it works, but it's squashed down and the image is off the side of the screen. It's quite fuzzy. And as soon as you start messing with the, the pots on the controller... It goes all to pot. It sort of like goes out of sync and stuff. So it needs to be fixed. I've been sent off to be fixed. But I also remembered I had a 29-inch Polo Star, Hansrax Polo Star monitor in the shed. And I thought I damaged it years ago because I dropped a screw on the netboard, on the, sorry, on the yoke, and it sort of cut out and didn't work. So in the end, back then, I found a monitor really cheap, just replaced the whole monitor, but I kept the old one. So I plugged it into the pony because it came out of the pony. I sort of extended the wires and plugged it in. And it still works, but it's got vertical collapse. It's got a big line across the screen. You can see the images moving around in the very thin line. And I'm yeah. sending it to TB2000, Tony, who's a monitor expert, and he's going to fix it. And I'm going to put that in there because that monitor is far superior to the original one. It's a tri-sync. It's VGA, EGA, and CGA. Excellent. And those monitors are really good. It's got a very slight different curvature on it, but not a lot. So it should fit in there nicely, I think. 
Also been playing Slow Bullets a lot. Berserk Slow Bullets. I'm getting right into that game again. I got 25,000 in total. That's a good score. It's not bad, is it? And I got 21 and 20,000, so I'm getting sort of back to my level, I think. Do you find it can get kind of relaxing? Yeah. After a while, you sort of get into it, and as soon as you can... If you survive that first two seconds of the screen starting, you're okay. You're good. Yeah, it's kind of a... Not a chill shooter, because it doesn't exist, but it's quite nice, isn't it, to play that? Well, it sort of disturbs me a little bit, because it's actually quite loud. And you get those right. you get those robots talking at you in that metallic voice, quite scary. God damn it, Robert. And the other thing uh we've had lately, we've had a visit from the Vips. Oh yes, Mr. and Mrs. Vip. Mr. and Mrs. Vip, Ben and Kerry, and I'd like to introduce my second co-host, Mr. Vip. Yeah, that's the problem. When you feed me, I don't leave. That's true. We've been feeding them a lot lately. And there's dinner in the oven. I was going to say there's someone sitting next to you. I, th- I, f- I hoped you'd noticed. Well, I'm, I'm sure the listeners <laughs> had noticed. They heard him breathing yeah. in the background. Can you hear me yeah. breathing? No. Oh, good. I'm only joking. Uh, so, yeah, Vip's going to help us out with this podcast, and we'll talk about some stuff with him in a minute. Uh, the other thing I've done, non-arcading, we had a dog arrive. So if you hear any barking and woofing in the background, he's only a little dog at the moment, but you might hear some yipping and yapping. It's a bagel. It's, it's a, a bagel. bagel. A bugle. Or a beagle. Yay! He's very cute. <laughs> he is so, an idiot, but he's a very cute idiot. He's been quite good so far. Is he chewing stuff up? He, yeah, he does try and chew stuff, but you just sort of tell him no and give him something to actually chew, one of his little chewy toys and stuff. Like a, a limb. Yeah. So, Mr. Sean, tell us what you've been doing lately, because you've only got a little, a little area to do. Yeah, that's in the area. I've been to Arcade Club last night with James RGP. Uh, I met Sol, actually. Sol the Bull. Cool, the Bull. yeah. Had a right good chat with him and Charlie Fast. That was a nice evening. I went for a wander around the Yorkshire Dales with my lovely wife. Cool, nice one. That was really a, a very, very nice kind of afternoon. No arcade games, so it weren't, weren't so brilliant. But it was all right, yeah. And I've been doing some more work on my secret Nerg project, which is to be unveiled at Nerg, which is getting closer and closer. Well, this is uh, Nerg, Nergland, Nergshire. It is in Nergshire, yeah. In the land of Nerg. <laughs> yeah, and that's all I've done. I've been oh. busy working. Do you know, Easter, what is it today? Is it Easter more, Easter day? Easter Sunday, that's the word. Yeah. And I've, been, I've had to work today, and I've got to work tomorrow. Oh, man. Oh, really? That's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, it is. Anyway... Yeah. So, our extra co-host, what have you been playing and up to arcade lately? Or gaming? Well, so I don't, I'm not bored with the story about the arcade machine, but basically you fix my arcade machine, like, monthly. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. not very good with it. <laughs> it's, it's Windows, not you. It's just Windows, I think. Well, then, this time the sound went on it, and I realised that the, uh, the, the 35mm jack could just 35 mil. That's a massive jack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 3.5 mil. mil jack. You see, this is a problem with me, right? Not very clever. Um, so yeah, basically falling out the back of the PC. So I was trying to play Donkey Kong Jr. and it just, yes. I needed the sound. And then I, I left it and I had a tantrum and then I came back to it. And, Did you cry? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, so I've been doing that. I was also, um, I treated myself to the Sonic Mega Collection on the PS2 and Sonic nice. Gems. And uh, then also, I've been playing Berserk in your garage. And I, I knew yes. I liked Berserk, but I didn't really like... And then Sean, last podcast, was saying that he loves Berserk. Mm. And I actually think now, I, I think I really do actually really love Berserk. Yeah, yeah. Well, great. The, 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 great. The slow and the fast bullets games are very different beasts. 
I've been noticing. Mm. I've been playing slow bullets because it's an easier game. It is an easier game, and I've noticed little differences because with slow bullets, the big thing is everyone probably when they listen to our last. Well, when we did podcast ages ages ago, we did Berserk. They did Fast Bullets Berserk on Podcast 74. They'll realise that I think we paid Fast Bullets, didn't we, Sean? Yeah, yeah, quicker game, yeah. So it's a quicker game. Um, Charlie Five would still be playing if we played slow Yeah, bullets. absolutely, he's brilliant at it. With Fast Bullets, when you get to 7,500, roughly, you get white robots, and they fire really quick. Mm. Um, but Otto doesn't speed up. He's the same speed all the way through the game. So he, he travels at the same speed as you. So you can actually run away from him. As long as you've got a clear path, you can run away from him at any time of the game. With slow bullets, the bullets are obviously slower. The, the robots don't speed up at all. When you get to the cyan-coloured robots, they just stay there and they just fire normally. But after 5,000 points, your first lot, extra life, when there's only when there's no robots left on the screen, Otto moves really fast. So if you're not halfway across the screen towards an exit point and that last yeah. robot gets killed, whoever kills it, whether it kills itself or Otto kills it or you kill it, Otto will go crazy and you will not make it across the screen. It's basically just a rush to the door. But I also noticed when I was playing Fast Bullets earlier that the bullets in Fast Bullets are a lot smaller, especially on the diagonal. When, when the diagonal and yes. slow bullets are really long, those, well, I'm using a 14-inch screen, they're about a centimetre long. But on... Slow on fast bullets, they're about half the size. They're a lot, lot smaller. But obviously, yeah, when the white I'm robots like... come, they're really quick. Mm. So it's easy yeah. sort of to evade them a little bit. Anything else you've been up to? I know you're a big, uh, you're a big Sonic fan on the consoles. Have you played any Sonic arcade games? No, no, I don't think I have. There's no. one called Sonic. Oh, that one with sort of racing game, isn't it, Sean, with the three trackballs? Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. They've got that at Galloping yeah. Ghost, you know. Is that Sonic? No, it won't be 3D Blast, will it? No, no, it looks as, it looks like a forced isometric game, but I think you're, you're actually racing in it. You're racing against other players. I can't remember. It's a weird Sonic game, but it's very, very rare, very rare. But um, they have it at Galloping Ghost. I think, I think I had it once, you know, the PCB of it, and I sold it because no one really wanted it back then. Yeah, you play it on yeah. the Megatech, can't you, in the arcade? Sonic. Yeah, Megatech has got Sonic One and Two, which isn't a bad little game. I, it's I just do a love Mega Sonic. Drive. It's, uh, it's a great game. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the most important game that I've been playing this, uh, since coming down here is finally I got to play on Sky Coaster. Oh yes, I put yeah, Sky Coaster yeah. back in the cab, which has got nice. Sean's eye score plastered all over it. It has. <laughs> like, it's got SAH at uh, the very top. That really annoys yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you've got like the top seven scores, Sean. That's crazy. Because I lent it to him foolishly. Well, very. I've, I've got to say, hats off to you, Sean, because I, I, I think I got about two hundred points. Yeah, it so, went. It went to Nerd though, didn't anyone beat the miss scores at Nerd? I thought somebody may have done. No, 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 no. Because remember, um, it went to Nerd and it also went to Revival, and a guy won the T-shirt. Revival he was really good at, at it. I can't remember who the guy was. I don't know him. He was really, really good. And then it got updated because you you took it home and played yes. it, and you updated it for me, because I, I couldn't yeah. get the, the, the settings for Wi-Fi working. And they've made it a lot harder. And it's also two-player mm. co-op now. One of you plays the dog, one plays Guy. Um, but it's a lot, lot harder. So I think the katana is slowed down, the weapon that sort of protects you. That's slowed down. You can't press it as fast anymore. And when you get the, the super power-up, where you press all three buttons together, and everything turns into bonuses when you kill it, it doesn't last anywhere near as long. Because before you could keep chaining it and keep it going, but on the new one, the chains are a lot quicker and there's not a lot of space in between to keep it going. So it's actually quite difficult. The shotgun was slower, wasn't it? The shotgun's slower as well, yeah. It's a lot, lot harder. And I I actually sent Chris Cruz, one of the members of Griffin Air Attack, 
uh, an email the other night and he responded really quick. I said, I'll put it back in the cab. Have I got these settings right for doing Wi-Fi? I want to get an update or whatever. And I said, it's really hard now. I much preferred it when it was easier. And the basic way of playing it is to finish the game, which isn't too difficult, but then get a massive score with your multipliers and just keep, you know, get the multipliers in the right place. Rather like stuff like Death Smiles, mm. where you, you, you hit the, the bonus points in a certain way in a certain place when you get more bonuses, it's sort of doing that and keeping yourself alive, obviously. But what Chris was saying, because I always said, you know, it might be a bit, could could you incorporate different versions of the game? Like, a you know, dip switch setting. And he says, yeah, they are thinking about doing that because they made it harder because people were saying that they're really, really good players and it's a bit too easy. But then again, it was easy for a reason because you could do, you know, the score rushing and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully the new version, which he said will be, you know, I don't know, downloadable quite soon. I'm not sure when they're going to be able to do it and a load of other improvements and stuff. But he's thinking about doing that, putting different versions of it in there, which would be a lot of fun because I would really enjoy that. I prefer, I much prefer the easier game, me, because I'm not so good. I, I actually preferred the the newer one because i think it is more balanced and it is more challenging yeah but you're but better I, at shoot ups than i am that's why they're, they're both very good though yeah yeah i just preferred the easier one because I, I could last longer and for me that's always been that in, in arcade games if i could last longer it lasts my 10p longer that's great nice on the flip side just before you move on i did like the fact that like as a, an arcade game player that's not exceptionally well uh you know i'm, I'm not brilliant it's nice that you can continue and actually see the end of the game. So yeah. I was able to defeat Gaki and then move on to the next stage. So it's just a really beautiful game. And the gameplay is fantastic. And I like the fact that it enables you to move on. Yeah. So if you're not chasing the score, it is still yeah. accessible. I, like I, th- I think it's it's uh, not as crazy a game now. Cause you, mm. you have to, got to sort of really be careful you know, not to get hit and stuff and be careful what, where you're shooting and how many shots you're firing on screen. But before, it was just crazy. Shoot everything, move around really quick, get all the bonuses... And every now and again, you would get killed. You did be a bit careful. So it's it's very it's it's quite interesting how different a game can be just with some tweaks and, and system yeah. setting changes. So yeah, like very clever they've done it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Arcade news. News. You know, last time we were on about that game that Lesley keeps banging on about. And he, he loves, loves it. it. Kior Alien, which is back in the arcades on something called Exa Arcade Hardware. Yes. I've had a look at this hardware to see what the bejiminy it is. Yeah. And what, what it is, it's physical PCBs based on a Windows system, operating system. Is that those green boards with black bits on? Yeah. Yeah. You're they look like licorice. Have you ever tried eating one? No, I've not tried eating an IC. That wouldn't be wise. They've got little spiky yeah. legs on. Very, very crunchy. Ow. <laughs> yeah. So it's a Windows-based system, and you can slot in these like almost like carts, and it supports 4.3 aspect ratio for CRTs and 16.9. Okay. And there's lot, it's like the airframe hardware. They're pushing it. There's lots of indie developers already agreed with it, but there's cool. also G-Rev. They've agreed to produce for it, where they did... Border down and oh wow, what's the other one? Under defeat, they're the two oh, most Naomi, famous ones. Yeah, oh right, yeah. cool. And Sibu Kiatsu did obviously the riding games. Oh, such a there's, game. There's quite a few people agreed to program and develop for it. Sounds and interesting. Were you playing quite a while ago a game called Hydora? Yes, Super Hydora. Yes, it's done by a Spanish developer on Windows systems, but they are brilliant arcade games, and I think that was going in the arcade. 
Is it using this, this one? Yeah, this is the system it's on. Wow, it's like a Super Gradius game. Really, really cool. You've seen that, Ben? No, 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 not at all. I'll, I'll show you later. I've got it on this PC in front of me, actually. I'll show it later. Because this guy, uh, is it Luca Melito? Yes. He's a Spanish developer. And he's done some really, really knockout games. They're lovely. And I keep meaning to put them on my arcade machine, my main machine, because they'd work on there because they're Windows-based games. And they're all free. And the new one they've, they've actually done, developed for the arcade, and it looks really, really nice. So that um, hardware, I'd like to see what it actually looks like, whether it's a PCB or, or PC-based, like the Taito Type-X and those mm. successors. I imagine everything's PC-based nowadays, isn't it? Whether it be Linux yeah, system or yeah. Windows or, or whatever. One of the advantages, they say, is it's available offline because a lot of the Japanese systems, like this Nessica Live thing, you have to have it yeah. plugged in and online or you've got to hack it, like, you know, for dance. Yeah, all the, the dance UK machines, dance like, machines yeah, are like kind of hacked so they can play offline and, and not I think that, to service. You know, in, in a public place, is actually illegal to do with copyright. So you've got to be really right. careful with that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer, though, because we, you know, there, there is a market for those games in the UK and, and US and, and Europe. I mean, mm. we love the dance machines, don't we? We like them. No, not, no, well, I say dance I like machines. Looking at them. I don't say dance machines. I meant, I meant the rhythm games more than anything. The dance machines are for, mm. for younger lads and lasses. I once tripped over a dance machine. That's about as dancey as I We got. did very badly at the Time Warp Arcade, didn't we, when we played We it. did. And he took very a photo badly. of us, did Stuart. Yeah, looking bad. So he's got the evidence. Cool. Uh, the London gaming market is coming soon, April 15th. Hoping to meet up with Garen uh, and see Ali the Retro Hunter again and some other nice people there all buying console stuff. I'll try and buy myself something nice. But mainly go for meeting people and talking, actually. Yeah. Have a pint at lunchtime. Very nice. Oh, oh, revival getting closer. Ben is going to be there, hopefully, with me. Definitely Sunday. Um, yes. Maybe possibly the Saturday as well. I didn't realise that the, the Sunday is a lot cheaper on the ticket sales. Yeah. Uh, Saturday's £15, which is a bargain mm. in itself. Sunday's only 7 Excellent. That'll get more people in, mind it? I hope so, yeah, because Sunday's a bit quieter and you get to play more games. So I, I prefer the Sunday myself. Every event I've ever been to, ever, yeah. is always quieter on the Sunday. Absolutely, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's nice, though, because usually you've got a hangover. Yeah. And me, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, so Rivals... Just I, I talked to Craig the other day on, on a message and... You know, he was just saying about some of the things we did, past revivals. I mean, the first one I went to was with Alex, and I took a Dino King along with me, with Mr. Driller in it, and he took a cocktail cabinet with Space Fever in, and people played that, and they loved it. And I think someone, I think Andy's Andy's girlfriend, Gaynor, yeah. won the Asteroids Cabaret, didn't she, in the, in the competition? Right. Mm. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and now it's in my garage. I bought off Andy ages ago. Ha-ha. Yeah. So I sort of won there. <laughs> yeah, so there was that. That was the first one we ever went to. That was really good. But that was in a small pub somewhere in, in Wolverhampton. It wasn't the big venue it is now. And I went to another one later on. Uh, and that, I think that's where Alex got his really high score on Space Launcher. We were all watching him. Yeah, I went to the race course one, didn't we? I missed the yes, first Yes, that's year. it, the race course one. That's right. And then we went to one that was in kind of a, a big kind of working men's club. Yes. So, is that... Have I got that right? I think so, yeah. They've had a few venues, mm. but the one they do now is the big sports um, place, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Really enjoy that. So, yeah, it's going to be fun again, I think. And there's going to be a night out. You usually have the curry night. And they go to that sort of, like, quite slightly dodgy pub with the, the old ladies in that eye us up and make us feel a bit uncomfortable. 
I enjoy that. I like being eyed up. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't yeah. happen very often. <laughs> it is fun, though. It's, it's a good yeah. pub, actually. It's good drinks in there. We all have a great laugh, and then loads of us go out and stuff, so that'd be quite fun. So, uh, and I've got a pub with your snoring again. I do snore. I will bring earplugs and noise-cancelling headphones. Yeah. <laughs> There's a really real community feel to Revival. Uh, staff, are, staff are super friendly there. Craig does it. I think it's a non-profit. I can't remember. I think it all goes back into the event later on. It's just really enjoyable because a lot of the community bring their own cabinets as well. Craig brings a load of his stuff. He's got a load of cabs. And people bring in consoles. There's loads of people selling stuff. I'm bringing a cab this time. Bringing Cubert. Nice. I think Alex has got a great big Nintendo lineup. He's got all sorts of Nintendos coming. Tell him about it the other day. Hopefully I should see Alex on Tuesday, actually. Um, but yeah. So it's, it's going to be a good one again, I think. And it's bigger this time, isn't it? Isn't it twice the size? Yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah. Nice one. Yep, we have a blast. I'm really looking forward to this one. 19th and 20th of May. Get in there. Get in. Okay, next bit of news. The Atari box, the ongoing saga that or is not the news. Atari box. Yeah. We, we cover it because it's Atari and they're arcade legends. So yeah. they've renamed the Atari box, the Atari VCS, Ooh, which is off. the original name for the Atari 2600, because that's what I know it as, the Atari Video Computer System. Okay, yeah. So they've renamed it. I think they're really struggling with what to do with it. It's yeah. it's a it's a mid-range $300 Linux PC that, that can play new and old games, they're saying. Okay. So basically, it's just, I don't know, it's just a Raspberry Pi, isn't it? Well, maybe. Anyway, they've just previewed a non-working version at a US trade show, which sounds dodgy, really. Wow. They couldn't even get a working one going. Great. Yeah, I, I, I do hope it succeeds, but if it did, mm. I would like... I've written down here what I would like from it. I've written down, they've got to do it. I want every single computer console and... Arcade. Arcade. <laughs> yeah, remember game, arcades, yeah? Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every game available on this machine. That would be really nice, because they could have all the Atari... dollars Well, if it's on emulation, they could do it. But I, yeah. I'm not sure... I've got a feeling that Bally Midway, or whoever owns Bally Midway nowadays, own a bunch of the Atari coin-op game IPs. Right. I remember Midway Classics on one of the consoles had Atari games on it. I think it had uh, Rampart and some other sort of slightly newer ones, like Gauntlet maybe. So they mm. might have a bit of trouble doing that. But yeah, if it was emulation and they could emulate all the games really nicely, you got the console games, 2600, 7800, You've got the Atari 8-bit computers. You've got ST, which was very popular in this country, uh, and and all the video and all the arcade video games. It'd be quite good. And Lynx as well. Yep. So some good stuff there. And I like all of those ones. Ready Player One is now at the movies. Yes, it is. I haven't seen it yet. The book, the hype, everything is completely passed me by. I know nothing about it yeah. apart from a little review I've seen on the TV on BBC News from your friend Mark Mode. Yep. Markamode. Markamode. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even seen the preview, but I've read the book, and I love the book. Uh, some people are saying it's not as good as a book, but they generally aren't, are they, films? No. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch it. Uh, yeah, see what it's like. You looking forward to that one? Have you read Absolutely. the book? Pat? No, I've not read the book, but I'm aware of it. Um, 
and the trailer looks amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, really, really. I haven't amazing. even. So I've kept away from everything about it. I don't want to even see the trailer. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy the trailer's good anyway. I saw the trailer with the Annihilation trailer actually, and I thought Annihilation was ah. going to be at the cinema. And it's not. But no, no, it looks amazing. Annihilation, I've seen. It's a net. Well, in this country, it didn't really get a theatrical release. It's a Netflix one, but it's a really good science fiction. Go and watch Annihilation, kids. I've got Netflix. Watch Annihilation. It's really, really good. It's awesome. Do you know what I've also got by accident? Veruca. <laughs> you could have, could have said something worse, couldn't you? Mate, Amazon Prime. Yeah, we got that I as went, well. I went on Amazon Prime to, I think it was to watch a series, and then I forgot to cancel it. Yeah. But it is it is good. There's a lots of good stuff on there, so I'm going to keep it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those ones are so much better than, than live TV nowadays. I don't hardly ever watch live TV. You watch The Bake Off, that's about it, because they've got biscuits on there. Biscuits? Oh, biscuits. Oh, oh. We're going to talk about biscuits in a minute. All <laughs> right, right. right. Okay, one more bit of arcade news. Atari Space Race Prototype was discovered. This is, I think it's the second, it's the game Atari did after Pong. Yes. And if you see it, video footage has appeared on YouTube in the last, like, five or six years. Yeah. And it's like Frogger almost. You've got two players, one mm-hmm. lever. you just got to push it up. So you've got to get to the top of the screen and dodge a star field. Very, very basic. Yeah. But... They did a fiberglass prototype, you know, along the lines of computer oh, space. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it looks I love those very cabs. It looks very weird. There's a link on in the no shows to the Arcade Heroes website. So go take a look at that, kids. It's lovely. One other thing, actually, arcade based news. Our very own Alex, Nintendo Arcade, is in the top forty Nintendo based YouTube channels. Oh yes, brilliant. Nice one, Alex. He might be yeah, getting what? someone else on... You know he does those uh, video game tours where he goes to people's houses and, and films their collection and talks to people? Yeah. Someone you know might be getting filmed on Tuesday. Does it rhyme with Ertlick? Yes. <laughs> That's not a word. No, it's not, is it? Arcade pickups. Right. Three-way pickups this time. Me first, you first, or Vip first? I'll go first. Go on. Is that it? Is that what you got? Yeah. Right, me next then, and you can you can comment on these if you like. A okay. J Rock Berserk FPGA kit. Awesome. Plays Berserk, Berserk Slow Bullets, and Frenzy. I can't get Frenzy's used to Frenzy. Right. It's too hard. It's great, but it's too hard. You've got to reprogram your brain after playing Berserk to yeah. be good at Frenzy. Mister Vip, we're going to play Frenzy later on. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so good. Uh, a knocker for Cuba. Ooh, eight knockers. <laughs> Hurrah! I was playing Cubert last night, and I can get to round four, but I've never done round four. I don't think round four, level four, level four. Sorry, so that's round 16. 13, 16 oh, yeah. that's really. I can get nowhere near that. I get yeah. nowhere. I get about twenty odd thousand points. I'm rubbish at it, but I really, really like it. I it's installed great. the knocker, and the knocker is um, a pinball solenoid. And what you do is you put it upright. So when it knocks, it pushes the the metal thing really quickly upwards, and it hits the top and makes the clunk noise and then it just drops down onto rubber a rubber stopper and it sort of bounces so what i've done is i put some tape around the top to make it sound less metallic and i've put some bubble wrap tape to the bottom so when it lands it just thuds nicely makes like a thunk noise rather than a kadunk dunk you know Sean, a thunk rather than a kadunk dunk have you heard that story about somewhere in america in the 80s they 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 put too much tension on the knocker and it went up and it the whole cab exploded really and- Bits of shards of wood went everywhere, and people were injured. And 
I made that up. Sorry. I thought you made it up. I was looking at you thinking you're an idiot. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good, though? It would be apart from fun. The in, apart from the injuries There's that and one. the practice story. Yes. I also got some yellow tea moulding for the ISIS cab that's holding Cuba. So I'm going to actually get artwork for it. It's very soon I should be getting that. Nice. Lovely. It's looking really nice. Another ISIS cab. Oh, is that five? That's five now. Oh, I love got it. five ISIS in a row. Oh, land up in a row. You could play them all at once if you had really long arms. Yeah, and f- and five lots of arms. Oh, I didn't think of that. So the first one in the row is got Berserker. I had to turn the monitor around in that, which I've never done in an ISIS cover. It's really easy to do. Mm. Uh, made a new panel for that, as I said earlier. Put Berserk in there. Been playing that. I've got Berserk. Then I've got Donkey Kong Jr., which is going to have a load of other Nintendo games in there before long. Then it's Cuba. Then it's Rescue, Dedicated Rescue, and then it's mm-hmm. Scramble Hardware Game. And there's more Scramble Hardware Games being put in there by Phil Murray very soon, I hope. And I know what they are, and I can't say. They're secret. What is the game that's really like Rescue, and I excitedly told you about it, thinking I was very clever, and you'd, you'd heard of it 25 years ago? Minefield. Minefield. It looks just like Rescue, but it's with tanks in it. It is. It's just basically an area... Uh, a ground version rather than an aerial version of it. It's good. It's quite difficult, though. Mm. And you've got to sort of move your way around the minefield as well. So that's all... I think that's all I've got. Oh, and lots of stuff you brought me. But what did you bring in your big bag of goodies? Well, yeah, well, it's difficult to remember. There's so many things. There's, there's, a, there's a huge... You imagine an Ikea bag, you know, the blue and yellow bags, the big sacks. <laughs> One yeah. of those full of snacks. There was mm. two big buckets of popcorn, which wife and you lot can have because I don't like popcorn. There was about four bags of those crisps that are like crack. Oh, yeah, bacon and maple syrup. Bacon and maple kettle chips. Ooh! <laughs> Have you had them, Sean? They are ultimate. I, ha- I haven't. I haven't. Sean, I'll bring you a bag to Revival. But the thing is, like Vic and Tori did to me and my wife, once you eat them, you'll become addicted. Yeah. Oh, it's like them Cheez-Its then. I've got a box of Cheez-Its for you as well. Oh, wife will love you. I know. I might send them to her instead of you, actually. I liked them, but she loved them. Yeah. Well, you can share, young man. Pointing well, at I you. Did, well, I, I didn't share. I just didn't get any. <laughs> just, just stole them. Just plain <laughs> yeah. and simple stole them. Well, they're, they're a good snack, snacks. aren't they? Yeah, they are nice. It's all about the snacks. Have you bought any arcade stuff lately or console stuff? Well, now I fixed the arcade with the old ear in the back it. of the PC. That feels like a you new You fixed gift. by getting hold of the three and a half mil jack and pushing, pushing it, it yeah. into the hole it fell out of. That's a tech that's, tip in its own, isn't to it? To me, that's like, yeah. That like, is a tech You tip. need, like, tech tips for people of my level of understanding. <laughs> that's like, I was really proud of myself. Like, I don't have to phone Vic now. He's not going to be upset. But, <laughs> no, no, like, because I'm doing art at university, a lot of my stuff is arty. But yes. I did pick up Strike Force Hydra on the PS1, which is a little shmup. Oh, cool. And uh, it's a bit like uh, Battle Squadron. I don't know if you know that I game. I don't think I've played that one. And then Robot on the Amiga. Wars. On the Amiga, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's an amazing little game as well. We were playing Amiga earlier, by the way. I set up the 600 to show Ben. Yeah, I had a 500. I loved it. They are amazing, aren't they? I wouldn't say mm. that. I think they're quite rubbish. We played a few games and they're so slow. The loading takes ages. I was playing Zen and it just it seems a nice little game, Zen and 2. It's so slow. We played Blood Money as well. It's really oh, yeah. slow, isn't it? Do you like Blood Money, Sean? Is that a horizontal shooter? Yes, horizontal shooter. I remember playing it. I thought it was all right. You shoot the baddies and money flies out of them. You you buy stuff and you can buy upgrades for your your crafts. 
Yeah, I was never a fan of the Xenon games. They are quite slow. I think. Yeah, I think the first Xenon yeah. was poor, but Xenon mm. Two was always really good because it had that bomb the bass music. But I put that on, and then the Microsoft computer I've got in this room. I actually put YouTube on and played bomb the bass video, and it sounds so yeah. much better. The original music, so they cut it right down. It's not sampled; it's just another version of it. I think good for the time, though. Very good for the time. I remember listening to it and thinking it was really amazing. It, they they are amazing them games, but uh, but I am quite chuffed really that Vic was a bit vexed with it. But the second game that I brought was uh, Robot Wars for the PS2 because I love because you can you basically you can build your own robot and Robot Wars yeah, you can yeah, build yeah. your own robot exactly right you yeah. don't want that Craig Charles screaming at you and watch you bashing stuff out of robots <laughs> yeah Robot <laughs> Wars Robot Wars and then I guess the third thing quite appropriately is uh, I plan on getting Vic to uh, to set this Amiga up again because he gets so stressed and he, he keeps saying he's going to sell it to me. So I think good. that's going to be my third pickup. Yeah, I don't <laughs> really want the Amiga 600 because I just won't play it, I don't think. It's got one of those GoTech drives, so you can put ROMs on yeah. it and, and use them as images. It's quite easy to use. I've worked out in like five minutes when I remembered how to do it. But surely yeah, that loads quickly, didn't it? Uh, not really because it, it, it just emulates a, uh, a floppy drive. So I presume it acts like a floppy drive. They were lightning fast and when we got them. They were like loaded in a minute. Do you, know what? Do you know what? I find Commodore 64 games just seem better than Amiga games. I know they weren't because of technology and everything, but they just seem more playable. We only played a handful of games, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So Axel's Magic Hammer. Zen I called it something very rude. You did. A- Axel's Magic Testicles, I called it. Yeah, that, well, that's being polite. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we played. Uh, so you tried to get Robocod on. Yeah, I love Robocod. Um, that was James a great Pond. game. That's James Pond. Yeah. So yeah, good. I had on the Mega Drive. Mm. Very good game. Yeah, so but just brilliant games. I love the Amiga. I think it's um it's amazing. And them shmups like uh, Blood Money and Zen and they're all it's like like a particular style of game like Biohazard Battle and Apedia. They're all they're all like body horror slash nature horror games, like shmups where kind of R type ish. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Everything's alive. It's all sort of biological and yeah. it's weird. And the Amiga's great for that. Hmm. It has a certain graphical style, the Amiga, I think. Some of the graphics are quite nice on it. They're nicely yeah, drawn yeah. and everything, because 16-bit stuff. T- you can almost tell an Amiga game by the, the kind of, I don't know... The palette, I suppose. The colour yeah. palette, isn't it? Mm, could be. Hmm. Amiga was also in arcade hardware. It was, because Anthony Graham has one, doesn't he? What, yes. What's it called? Is it called the Amiga Arcade Hardware? No, it's got a number in it, like 2000 or something. I can't remember now what it is. But a few a few Amiga games are ported to the heart to the arcade hardware, and I think Electrocoin made a machine with it in, dedicated machine with mm-hmm. that that hardware. I think you could play a, a, se- a series of games at a time on it. They're quite rare now because I don't think they lasted very well. It was simply known as Arcadia Hardware. That's about it for our arcade pickups. So I did as well as I could, and you two were rubbish. <laughs> Especially you, Mister Holly. You got no excuses. Well, I don't. I'm not really a picker upper, am I? You're not. You're you're a, you're a, a lover, not a fighter. I I'm happy with what I got, and that's it really. Well, that's good enough for me. Listener feedback. First one, Mark X Mosquito. He used to be a mosquito. Now he's an ex mosquito. He's he yes, he's good he's at a, schmups. He's that lad. He's a horsefly now. He says, great podcast, guys, and thanks for the shout-out. By the way, are we allowed to use the X36 ship on Strikers 1945-3? You need to put a code in the maintenance mode to access it. It's permitted on the high scoreboard on Schmuck, so I'm not sure about the podcast. Now, Sean, I've got huge 
question marks above my head. What is he talking about? There's when you go into the service mode, which I didn't know last time, but it's dead easy to get into service mode. You just press F2. I don't know why I didn't figure that out. It's on main, yeah. Yeah, when you go into the service mode, you enter a couple of codes, and then when you start the game, there's a, a question mark spinning in the when you on your ship select screen. Yeah, and if you go onto that question mark and press up, you get a secret fighter called the X thirty six, which is more powerful than the other five. Is that a fighter, not a lover? No, it's definitely a fighter. Oh. Shooting stuff right in chops. Mm. Okay, well, so, you're, well, you're not allowed to use that then because you have to go into service mode. That's not permitted. No. No, so we didn't allow that, but it is easier to play the game. It's still rock our game. Mr. But X Mosquito, sh- no. The shmups no. he's on about is shmups.com, the forum. Okay. Uh, Chris Smith, amazed not to be bottom of that Donkey Kong Jr. scoreboard. Hurrah for a proper feature game of the next one. So, Mr. Chris Smith, if you think that this bullet junk is proper featured over DK Jr., I'm going to revoke your retro card, son. It's not. No. Sit. Get back in your basket. Sit down. We are going to have a very heated discussion about this later on, young man. Mm. So Retro Dave Nintendo says, Can't believe I came out on top overall with my junior score. It was great fun to take part, and uh, the close rivalry between Nintendo Arcade and myself was a great laugh. Trying to outdo each other in the final days. Great shows, as always, guys. Yeah, Retro Dave Nintendo did very good. 280,000 on junior? That's impossible. Massive oh, score. really good score. 28 times higher than me or something. <laughs> yeah. Our mate Garen from RGDS Podcast. Another great podcast, mate. I've had a go on Strikers. We'll get some great ti- some game timing on that. Might even submit a score. I've been meaning to go for a while. Agree with you that some of the newer Japanese shooters are great. The only downside is the games have so many variations. Hmm. Giant Keeling, Tim Keeling, just listened to it at the gym. It gave me an extra boost of strength, which enabled me to pump like I've never pumped before. Ooh. Oh, he's not on about trumping. No, pumping. Which is an English word very, for Very, very similar. Yes, farted. Superb as usual. Keep up the excellent work, chaps. Thank no you very much, sir. No problem. So, Alex, Nintendo Arcade, he said, uh, just finished listening to the podcast. I know it's my favourite game, but uh, it really was the best podcast to date. Fantastic podcast, guys. Thanks for giving this game justice. Such a good game that always gets overlooked because of the time it takes to get into, which I agree with. Mm. It does take a while to learn the patterns and where the right safe spots are, but once you know them, it's all down to skill and good multitasking. It's all, it also has a, a great risk-reward element, which is always a good recipe for any good game, and a bane for any greedy game player. Improvements to the bug in the spring would be a welcome improvement. Other than that, the game is perfect. Both game and watch variations are excellent too, which I recommend. Nice one. He's right, about, he's right about the spring... And in Donkey Kong Jr. Remix, they have fixed the spring. But in other elements of the game, they're quite different. And if you're so used to playing Donkey Kong Jr., then you go and play Donkey Kong Jr. Classic, it's not the same on the Jr. board. You can play the proper Jr. one. You press, I think you hold button one and two down for a few seconds in the title page, and it reverts you to the actual ROMs on your arcade board. It doesn't use them at all, so you're playing the original ROMs again. But yeah, mm. it's been fixed in certain ways, but different in other ways. And I found that today when I got to the hideout, they've actually changed the pattern of where the sparks go. So you can't do the the point scabbing bit on it. You've just got to go and mm. do the level. So for for better players, it's more of a challenge for them. But mm. not for me. It bugged me a bit. <laughs> so Benson Rad, listener number four. 
Another great podcast, chaps. I keep missing the deadlines of the scores. I'm always a week out of sync with the deadlines, not that it matters. Looking at the scores, I would have been last each week anyhow. I took your advice and watched the track mode of Alibaba and still had no idea what I meant to be doing. Had a play on Donkey Kong Jr. too, but to be honest, never really had much love for the DK games, but was pleasantly surprised at how enjoyable DK Jr. was. I watched the trailer the other day for Ready Player One. I think I may have to go and see that at the cinema. Just followed your link to little mini arcade web browser games. The movie Toy Game is good fun. Really reminds me of the Commodore 64 days. I loved the Robert Smith flyer. It did make me laugh. I was all excited at the prospect of Ms. Pac-Man, but I guess I'll have a stab at Strikers 1945-3. I have the earlier versions on the PS1, and they are a good laugh. Keep it up. Mm. Mr. Dave Flintster, nice to hear Sean's newfound love for Superstar Soldier Gunhead series on the PC Engine. Very nice. Cut my teeth on those in the early 90s. Still love them to this day. I shall have to get them back on my in-cab pie box, I think. Nice one. Flash Cun Games. I don't want to say that too fast. No. Brilliant episode, lads. Keep up the hard work. Makes me chuckle a lot as I'm driving between jobs. Which I agree. I I, I listen to you guys on my commute as well, and I do laugh out loud. Cool. Thank you very much. Island Pirate from Canada. He's one of them Canadans. <laughs> I've been, I have, well, I've been talking to Island Pirate via email, and he's got a few cab recently and sent me some photos of him transporting him onto the island where he lives, bobbing about on a boat. Arcade cabs on a boat. He worked out a little raid of his own uh, where he had to row an eight-foot dinghy to his 14-foot boat to another island, then into a pickup truck to get the ferry and another ferry to the mainland. He then had to reverse all this with arcade cabs in tow to his angry wife. Oh, dear. But his (laughs) wife has been playing Rescue. He set up Rescue on one of the cabs he got with two sticks, and she loves it. She's... So nice oh, on Mr. Nice. Island, Mr. and Mrs. Island Pirates. That's about it for the feedback. And let's do some shouting. Shout out. Okay, here's my shout outs. Well done. Has no one done you a favour lately or been nice to you? I've got a few people, but nothing to do with arcade games. Someone held a door open for me at work. I would have closed that on your face. And then gone, in your face, Holly. I did have three cups of coffee in two hands. Oh, fair enough. Well, I'll do some shouts then. Uh, Stuart Tracy from the Time War Park in Bridgewater for swapping a medium-sized cab for the Isis cab and now got Berserk in it. I love that. I've been playing it all the time. I also give him a ton of arcade stuff for the arcade. Hopefully some arcadists will get some arcade joy out of it. It is arcade. Nice. Uh, other one is Kevin Savitz and Peace uh, came round and hopefully they had a really nice time in London getting all the shows and stuff. Safe journey back for them. By the time they listen to this, they'll be back anyway. Uh, and Ben and Kerry for coming around and bringing five million snacks. We are not having any snack accidents in this house. They're not going to happen. Snack accidents. We are snack safe. Any shout outs, Ben? No, no, no. I don't think I'm prepared for that. I've no, no idea. No, you haven't got. A, we, we put you on the spot there, sir. Yeah. I, I only know oh. me, Sean. I just sort of stay at home. To my wife, then I'd say. Thanks yes, for, uh, <laughs> for putting up. Yeah. Tech tips. Right, I've got a very, very quick tech tip this time. It's almost common sense, but if someone hasn't done this before, they might be wondering how to do it. So this is tea moulding fun. Now, mm. my ISIS cabs are very old. Right, they're made in the, in the late seventies, early eighties, and they've got some very old-fashioned black thick rubber tea moulding on them 
And obviously, Team Alden gets chipped and a bit broken, and sometimes it gets pulled off, whatever. And I wanted to put some different colour Team Alden on in regards to what games are in it. So I'm putting, I put Cuba in a game. It's going to be a dedicated game. And that's got a lot of yellow artwork, and the original cabinet's bright yellow. So I want to put yellow tea mold in it. So I bought some yellow tea mold in. Thank you, Kevin Savitz, for bringing it from America for me. And I wanted to put it in there, but I ripped off all the old rubber tea mold in. It came off quite easily. It leaves wood everywhere because it pulls all the little chips of wood out of the, the tea mold in slot. So I hoovered it all round. Always hoover it before you put tea mold in back in so you don't get it all caught in there, and it just goes everywhere. But the barb that holds the tea molding against the cabinet that sits in the slot was a lot thicker on the old stuff so therefore the 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 slot in the cab that's been routed in there is a lot thicker so when you put the new team molding on it sits in there but it almost falls off it's not the Mm. barb isn't thick enough to hold itself in there so what i did is i worked out different ways of holding a thinner slot in there because what you could do if you really wanted to do it properly you'd have to put wood filler in all the slot all the way around let it dry sand it so it's reasonably you know decent where the, the, the team model is going to sit and then reroute it with a router which would be messy, time consuming and you're routing wood filler then so you can do it but it would be a right royal pain in the backside to do so I thought right I'm going to bodge this mm-hmm. so I'm good at bodging sometimes but I do bodging and you wouldn't notice it's been bodged it's not an obvious bodge so what I did is I used a glue gun, it's a super duper glue gun I've got now it's a hot glue gun. Do you want to borrow my patented glue cannon? Uh, I think a glue cannon would be too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. My cab is entirely encased in hot glue. I can't even get mm. to it. That wouldn't be good, Mr. Holly. No, so I used a glue gun. I squirted bits of glue. I used, did about sort of a foot at a time. Squirt the glue in, in the slot in the cab and then put the, glue, and put the team on in quite quickly and just smooth it up and down with your fist until it holds yeah. in and it dries really quickly so it holds in there lovely and when uh, down the bottom of the cab there's a little curve and it sort of goes from bottom to top towards you so you can't see underneath it so I actually put a nail in there mm. to hold it in but you cannot see it because some I've seen operators before put nails through T-molding where you can see it in obvious places it looks awful because the nails rust and they just look terrible. So I put it somewhere yeah. you couldn't see it, just to give it an anchor to start with. And it just kept going around, doing little bits at a time. And when you do the corners, obviously you snip out bits of the barb so they don't sit in the corner and make it proud. Because otherwise they mm. sort of sit and they don't sit properly. And then holding it in every single way round it until I did it all. And it works really nicely. So if you can't get... If your team modern's falling out of the slots, the slots are too big, either fill it, reroute it, which is a pain in the backside, or... Use a super glue gun. Oh, yes. Best games by year. Okay. This is our favorite games by year. We started in 1978, and we each have to pick only one game per year that is our favorite of the year. We're up to 1981. Such a good year. It's a very good year. Oh, it's a vintage, sir. It's a very good year. What's that song? Can you sing that, Vip? It's a very good year. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Enough of this nonsense. It was a good year for the Bloody Roses. I can't remember anyway. It was a good song. It was like right weird. Anyway, so 1981. Yes. This is the year when future giants Sega and Konami started gaining momentum. Absolutely. Right. In the wake of Pac-Man, Maze Game started to become popular. So you have Crush Roller or Make Tracks. That is a painfully bad game. 
You played that one, Vip? No, never, no, no. You know, like you with Kangaroo, you've got a, a soft spot for it, and you're not sure why. Soft spot for a rubbish game, but still love I'm, it. I'm like that with this. I still, I still play a bit. Lock and Chase by Data East Corporation. Played that, I love that. Fun little game, really good home port on Intellivision, which Vip and I guessed it on Intellivisionaries, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Ages ago, yeah. we reviewed that one. Such a good little game. Nice. Miss Pac-Man, obviously, by Midway, a massive game. Uh, that is good with the speed-up hack attached, like I've got on my board. Still going strong in the US, even today you see them everywhere in the US. And, and on Arcade USA, actually, um, the, the chap that does the videos on YouTube. Willie Culver. Yeah, yeah, he sent me one on the Genesis. Oh, nice. Yeah, really, really good port. Cheers, Willie. Willie's a lovely guy. He is. New Rally X, which is a, a better version, I think, of Rally X from Namco. Yep, it's just a slightly different tweak to the game. I much prefer New Rally X. Lovely game. Uh, I lost was... a bit of love for it when we played it, though. When we covered it, I had a bit of 10 pence effect on that game. Yeah, I did a bit. Mm. It's, I think it's okay for short bursts, and then you, you kind of sort of think, oh, there is faults with this, and it gets on your nerves. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a soggy biscuit. Oh, they're not good. When a biscuit goes yeah. in a copper, oh! We'll get the spoons out. Oh, Lord. Oh, it. Dunkin'. I don't like Dunkin'. Anyway, next one. I love a Ladybug. I was playing this in a dedicated arcade club last night, and I still don't know what fuss is about. I don't know what's going on, but I know you love it. Oh, one of my favourite games. I've got the warm-out of it, which is actually in storage at the moment. I can't play it. Such a good game. Me and Tron had a right good time when he came around to play that. Really good. And also, three maze games that we've covered previously on this podcast were pretty big in this year. Turtles by oh, Konami. Yeah. <laughs> Pulsar <laughs> oh. by Sega. <laughs> and Jungle by Konami. <laughs> All right. amazing games, which unusually we both liked. Yeah, we did, actually. Mm, it's always I, good. I love, I love the sounds on Pulsar, like Alien oh, Clang. Yeah. If you're on a proper cab, it's even better, I think. Oh, I know what I was going to say. At Arcade Club, they've got a new, not a new, a new old stock, Mappy. Oh, Mappy. I hate that game. With the massive topper. Mm. And I had a bit of a 10 pence effect on that playing it. But I was playing it again last night. And because it's in a a proper car and it's got, you know, you've got the experience of it all. I was getting quite into it. You do sometimes. I mean, Mappy is a game I really disliked. I used to like it. And when I played it, I just really didn't like it. Um, but the cabinet is absolutely beautiful. It's a really nice-looking mm. cab. It's got, it's got like a, a foot and a half tall marquee on it. It's really big. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Me and Saul Anyway, in 1981, fixed-screen shoot-em-ups were going strong. So we have some real big hitters here. We have Gorf from Midway. Push a player button. Yeah, that's a mad mashup of a bunch of already famous games. It works really nicely. Yeah, no, I do enjoy golf, actually. It's, uh, it's Good game. Really I like game. the speech in golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the original cabinet, I think it's got lights around it. So it lights mm. up different areas. So it's got like a, a light board as well. Yeah, nice cabs, golf. I, I, I would really like a golf cabaret. They're nice. Yeah, the the, the ranking on the side. That's right, yeah. The space side. Commander and all that sort of stuff. Space Cadet and Big Numpties, I think, the first one. Yeah, something like that. The second one's not such a numpty. You know, the first one was Ease or Eat Him. There he and then he's already eating. Then fourth one is not bad, and then you get up to commando, a commander or something. Yeah. Anyway, I'll shut up. Yeah. Gallagher by Namco. That was another big hitter this year. Uh, Bosconian's crappier brother. 
<laughs> and previously covered on this show, Pleiades from Tekken, Satan's Hollow from Bally Midway, and Astro Blaster from Sega. Fighter pilots needed in Scepter Wars. Play Astro Blaster. Yep, same as above. We enjoyed all these too. Satan's Hollow is like one of my favourite games. Oh, really? But, yeah, I would love to own one of them cabinets here. Paul Nerman's got He's one. He's got yeah, that's, yeah, that's played exactly it. where I saw it. Yeah, Paul's yes. got his. It's like, a lovely looking cab as well. It's got that red lighty up um, yeah. flight stick. Very cool. It's an amazing cab, isn't it? Mm. And a couple of cool, completely original games were popular in this year. Frogger from Konami. Oh, I, I, that's another game I own and play frequently. I still can't break the elusive 16K. I can't. I can't get more than 16,000. I know people can get like 40,000. Some skills. I find Frogger's one of them games, no matter what platform it's on, no matter how crappy it looks, yeah. I still thoroughly enjoy it. I had my very first computer, a VIC-20. It came with a packing tape. I had like four games on it. Blitz was one of them. One of them was called Hop It, which is a VIC-20 version. So, so good. And you can play it easily with a keyboard. It's only up, down, mm-hmm. left, right, isn't it? So yeah, good. Frogger's quite easy to key, wasn't it? And Kicks from Taito. I know you like these line-filling-in games. Yeah, but this is the crappier granddad of the fantastic Volfide and a weird uncle of all those pervy Asian uncover the nudie lady games. Yeah, they were weird, weren't they? Yeah. No, don't anyway, like <laughs> some awesome scrolling shoot-em-ups. Scramble by Konami. Perfection. That's the game that you played on that massive TV screen. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple of times, Vip came to London to stay with us. We went to a bar. I can't remember where it is now. Somewhere in London. It was like an arcade kind of bar. It had a brewery in the back. It had a brewery it. in the back of it. And they had oh. a MAME system set up on a pedestal that was being played on a huge um, projected screen. And I looped Scramble. Oh, yeah. And nobody oh. noticed. Nobody in the whole place noticed. I said, yay! <laughs> oh, God, no one cares. <laughs> Bosconian from Namco. And I think, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was an, an underrated game at the time that sort of went under the radar. Yep. But it's got, got quite a cult following now, hasn't it? It is a, a top, top game. Like, oh. That's one of my all-time favourite games. Yep, love it. I, I love that game. I love it. Vanguard from SNK. Garen from RGDS would never forgive me if I didn't mention Vanguard in 1981. It's his favourite game. He's not going to forgive me for this either. It's shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. It's great. He's going to have some words with me when it sees me at the gaming market. I'm in trouble now. You are. And lastly in the scrolling shooter, but Stargate from Williams and the Defender sequel. Yeah, slightly upgraded Defender with another button. Yeah, cheers, Jarvis. Thank you for that. (laughs) <laughs> and this year had the first platform game to make it massive, the mighty Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Uh, start of an endless franchise, still going strong in many forms. Yep. That's how good it was. And one I've rediscovered lately, because James RGP takes it to the shows, and it's got a bass speaker in that wobbles your rib cage. Yeah. Pops my ribs, it did. Turbo from Sega. The world's first full-colour sprite-scaling racing game a full year before Pole Position did it. Yep, I have good memories of chasing the Krunkelwagen in my local yeah. chip shop when I was quite small. That's German for ambulance. Is it? Yep. Is it not anything to do with sausages? No. Well. So I've got some odd but good games uh, from 1981. Jump Bug. Great game. I enjoyed that. Awesome game. Crazy but good. 
Mariner, which is a sort of rubbish scramble rip-off, but quite interesting to play. Have a go at that, Sean. Right. Sky Skipper. Legendary Sky Skipper Alex and Whitney have done. And one called Funky Fish. I just like the name of it. And this is made by Sun, the makers of Kangaroo, so you can probably imagine how good it is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Anyway, so my pick for best of 1981 is easy for me. Scramble without a doubt. Yep. Scramble, scramble, we love you, baby, we do. And it's closely followed by Bosconian and Pleiades for me. So mine is quite similar. Turtles, because I love it so mm. much. Followed very closely by Scramble and Bosconian. Same again. We have similar tastes, Sean. Good tastes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I own all of these PCBs and are in dedicated cabinets in my arcade, so I can play them always and forever. So, Mr. Vip, out of that lot we've talked about, which ones would you particularly like to play? To be fair, there's not many in there I wouldn't play. Yeah. I, I'm a massive, like, so Frogger being, like, I, I adore Frogger. I've got a lot of uh, different editions of that. Yeah. Um, Gallagher I really like. And, um, yeah, I don't know, it's quite difficult, but I do enjoy it. It is. We, we have hard, getting to these golden age years, we have, find it very difficult to nail down one. That's why it's always followed closely by XXX. I think if I was mm. pushed, because I've seen you play Scramble. Funky Fish. I don't know how you managed you to play do Funky that. Fish. Funky <laughs> Fish would be up. Uh, yeah, that's near the top, but I, I'd have to go with uh, Frogger, I think. Cool. Nice one. Good pick. Flyer quiz. So now right. we're going to do a flyer quiz, and it is Sean's go to test me on flyers. Yes. So. All these kids are from 1985. I think saying the year gives you a bit of a bit more of a clue. I think it does. Yeah, it's quite good because because yeah. so many games out in those years, it, it's it would be difficult because we're just going to read certain parts from a flyer of a particular game and obviously blank out any obvious clues to what the game is. I've got to try and guess them. So five for me, Mister Holly. Four. Four this time. Okay. I- yeah, I was holding a pen with my, th- with my finger so I could only count it to four. Okay. Uh, right, so the first one, it's quite cryptic, this, but if you think about it, you'll get it. Oh, the, okay. door t- the door to success is often filled with danger. The door to success, door, oh. is often filled with danger. So it's got doors in it. Elevator action? No. That's not 85, is it? Silly man. The door, flicky? No. Ben's helping me out without without seeing. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. That was a really good guess. Nine eight. The door to success. What was that? Is often filled with danger. So there's something filling the door. With danger. Or things. Things appearing in doors. Doors. Uh, I don't know that one. I'll give you a big clue. Cowboys. What's that game you really like? And you played it in the arcade, and you showed me. Where well, it's like a moving thing, like a. Oh, of course. Bank Panic. Yeah. Oh, rubbish. I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah, that's quite a cryptic clue. It it is actually on the flyer, that. It's written on the flyer. Okay. Zero out of one so far. Next one. You might get this. You'll get this if you know the character. A crack soldier called Super Joe has received a highly highly secret mission and is about to enter a fierce war. Super Joe. I think Super Joe was green... Oh, it's not Green Beret, is it? Yeah, Green similar. Beret. No, similar. Similar to Green Beret. MIA, missing in action. No. That's the follow-up to that. It's vertical scrolling. 
Oh, Commando. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You get a bonus point for knowing what this game is called in Japan. Okay, go on. What, Commando or the next one? Yeah, Commando. Oh, if I look back in our notes from when we did Commando, I'd know because I probably read it out. Wolf of the Battlefield. That's it. Yes, if it's, if you know Super Joe or not. Yeah. Super Joe also appeared in Bionic Commando and the Speed Rumbler. He's in Bionic Commando? Yeah. Oh, I knew he was in Speed Rumble. I didn't know that. Oh, full of yeah, useless yeah, facts, yeah, Mr. Holly. Awesome, yeah, very good, aren't I? Right, next one. Give me number three. The villains are ghosts, grunts, demons, gauntlet. Oh, yeah. Easy, that I, one. I didn't even finish. Don't have to. Can I'm so good. Can I finish it. Sorcerer's Death and the Thief. Yeah, that would have been really easy. Just mention two of them, I probably wouldn't have got it. <laughs> Anyway, here's the fourth one, and I have to say, Vic, that this is from, I'm afraid, Beardy Fool Electronics. Oh, God. I, I love I like this it. game's company, actually, to be fair. They're very good. Oh, massive. I'm, not, I'm not too sure of the CEO, though. Yeah, he's yeah, an yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gone into exile, and he's not been seen since, like, 1980. Yeah. Go on, yeah. then. Okay. Do right, your by Friday, you'll definitely not be in love with this unnerving expression. I reckon that is Robert Smith and the awful toast. Brackets not buttered. Vic, uh, you're wrong. I know this one. It's not. What? It's Robert Smith what? and the quivering uh, grimaces, isn't it? Robert Smith and the qu- quivering grimaces. Is that it, Sean? Yeah, I've played Robert it. Smith and the quivering grimace. How did I get that wrong? I, I, I didn't think of that right. I've no idea. I've played it. I actually because yeah, yeah, that was on the specy. Cost oh, me a pound yeah. from a co-op. Nice one. So, so you uh, want to actually know what happened there? Two to me, one to Vip, none to Mister Holly. Do you want to know what happened? The full story behind this. Right? Go on. I messaged Ben and said, "Wouldn't it be great if you got Robert Smith and the Awful Toast?" Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a few clues, and then you say, "Isn't it Robert Smith and the Awful Toast?" In the meantime, you are messaging my wife, saying, "What is the, <laughs> what is the game?" And then she's told you Robert Smith and the Awful Toast. Then you've told Ben, and Ben's told me that you know it's Awful Toast. So I've changed the game to Robert Smith and the Quivering Grimace. Told Ben. <laughs> And, you and, are yeah. sneaky swines. I'm so sorry. I because I brought you. Get like, off the podcast immediately. Here you go. Like I thought it was betrayal, but then I realised that the bag of snacks might redeem me. The bag of snacks will not redeem you. Oh, you mate. will not have beef pie this yeah. afternoon, this <laughs> that's, evening. That's that wife's making right now. It. That's like a cauldron of meats. Cauldron of meats. So two one. I still win. Ha <laughs> ha! In your face, Vip. <laughs> yeah, wife. Wife was gutted that I, that I knew. She says, oh, "Have you found that out?" <laughs> Dang. Oh, listen, Mr. Oh. Holly. Yes. You definitely buy her a decent present next week. She was worried about that. It's her birthday soon. Get her a good, good present. Is it? Yes. Oh, thanks, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so telling her. You are so much in trouble. I've already got it. Oh, I, actually, I haven't got the present. I've ordered it off Amazon Prime because I'm now an accidental member of Amazon Prime with one-day delivery. Nice one. Right, let's get this nonsense over with. And I'll let you take the helm on this, young man. Featured game review. It's about time in a decent game, kids, and here it is. Ugh. Drake, 
Strikers, 1945-3. Strikers, 1999 in Japan by Sikio, released coincidentally in the year 1999. It's an eight-way stick with three buttons, 224 by 320 resolution on Sikio SH2 hardware. This is the fourth and final game in the Strikers series. Thank God for that. This is an eight-level modern military-themed shooter featuring real-world locations and ending up in space. Bad guys are typically futuristic-looking tanks, planes, robots, boats, and robots. And more robots. And robots. maybe some Roberts. Roberts. Right, story. I haven't read it, so I'm going to make it up. I Go think on, on the floor. Something bad has happened. <sighs> Nasty metallic Roberts have come to destroy the world. Shoot them right in the face. Because the weak point is right in face. It is. The final boss is not a Robert, actually. It's the Chaos Queen, a big buzzy bee thing. So if, you, if by some miracle of brilliance you actually get to her the robots are being controlled by the chaos queen a bee a red bee with like a weird queen evil face mm. do me like claws do me claws no one can anyway. see the claws except us i know well don't matter it? anyway if it moves this is how to play it if it moves shoot it if it doesn't move shoot it if it looks like it may move sometime in the near future shoot it that's the gameplay so basically it's a shooter yeah, vertical scrolling, shoot them up heaven. I think you'll find. <laughs> this game can be classified as a bullet hell or Dan Maku vertically scrolling, shoot them up. This is a shmup subgenre, subgenre first created in the mid 90s by Japanese geniuses at Toa Clan and popularized by Cave. Bullet hells typically, typically contain avatars with small hitboxes and insane amounts of brightly colored bullets to weave through and complicated scoring mechanics. Yeah, mechanics. that's what this... ruins the whole game for me. It's all those <laughs> things you've just told me. <laughs> well, it's, I know you don't like this genre, but no. I'm sure this one's changed your mind. No. <laughs> the game follows a traditional level formula, shooting loads of popcorn enemies during the mid-level and then facing off against big bosses at the end. Except that the end-of-level bosses in this game are two-part craft, so you destroy the big bit and then a little baby dick comes out and shoots more bullets at you. Does that happen on every level? Yep. That's a bit lazy. They could have no, they could have changed that around a little bit. It's annoying. So you have a big battle. You think, yeah, I've done it, and then a stupid little idiot comes out, and you've got to do it again. Isn't the game Isn't it, hard so enough than than that happening as well? The first bit is not. It's, it's only like ten seconds to kill him, mm. and then the second bit is the main thing. Like other Sikio shooter ups, the first four levels can appear in any order, but the following four are fixed. That is so annoying. I hated that on Gunbird. Because you can't really practice the first level and get good at it and then practice the second level. It's always random. And if you're, say, doing levels one, three, four, two, one and four will be totally different in if you did like four, one, three, two, or three, one, four, two. They're different difficulties. They're not the same Difficult. level again. Yeah. So it's, it, it sort of messes with your head. I suppose it keeps it fresh, but for me, yeah. you couldn't, I couldn't really get on with it and get good at a certain level because it kept changing all the time. I'm, I'm glad it does actually. It does keep it a bit more interesting. Yeah, so like I've put here, the Grand Canyon level, if you play that first, will be a lot easier and a lot less bullets. Yes. The ships are not faster and they all appear in the same positions, but the, there's more bullets and faster Spit bullets. more bullets out at you. Okay. And if you, if you play that one at the end, you're in trouble. Oh, okay. 
Right, at the start, you can pick one of five fighters. It's all down to personal preferences, really. They all have different speeds, slightly different speeds, different secondary weapons and bombs. I like the first and third one myself. I use the first one. Is it easier, do you think, with a different... Are they any better in any certain level, perhaps? It depends how you use your bombs, I think. And there's not a lot of of difference in it. Right, buttons. Button three is standard auto fire. Button two is bomb, and button one is auto fire. But it also releases your secondary charged shot if you have built up enough power in your power gauge at the bottom left of the screen. You can build up your power gauge simply by shooting stuff. So even the button layouts are complicated. No, not really. Yes, they are. What I did, I swapped the standard auto fire that made that button one, and the auto fire with the charge shot button three. Do you know on Berserk? Do you know how many buttons you got on Berserk? You've got one. I know it's perfection. It is good. But this is all you need. Any more than three buttons in a game sort of wandering into bad territory, I think. It is, yeah, apart from defense. (laughs) Because we're old. Mm. Power-ups. You can power up your Minecraft three times by collecting the P symbols rotating around a bullet. This is typical to most Sikio games and the best power-up symbol ever. Lazy. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't even draw another sprite. Lazy. It's a beautifully animated P. Lazy. <laughs> B symbols on the side of a bomb give you more bombs. No, the B is for bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just brilliant, simple. Power up, two power ups, that is it. That's the game. Right. Tips and secrets. You don't die if you hit an enemy, you just power down. So is that the, the same bullet- on Gumbird as well? Um, I can't remember. Don't know. This, is very, this game to me is very similar to Gunbird. Gunbird. In in its like a vertical shooter. That's the only similarities. I'll get onto them later. There are more similarities. <laughs> the yeah, when you power down, this can be useful in reducing the rank of the game that uses a ranking system. So if you're at, at the maximum bullet. The maximum amount of bullets. Vic's making funny faces now. <laughs> I, just, I just did a confused face to Vip. You know what ranking systems is in shooting don't you? I don't care. I don't want the score I'm worried about. You play better, it gets harder. Oh, that's fun. That's. <laughs> you, you can power yourself down by hitting the. Oh, so the game gets easy if you're powered down. Uh, only to a certain extent, but you can't survive when you're at the lowest rank. That's some. That's more confusion for my tiny brain. There's five billion bullets on the screen. You've got to dodge things. You've got to worry about how big your hitbox is and not get hit by it, and then try and power yourself up and down at the same time and work out the three different ways of shooting with your buttons. <laughs> no, don't power down. It's just not good. You will not survive. Okay. But that is part of the ranking system. Anyway, apart from shooting the enemies, there are only two main scoring mechanics, which is quite refreshing when compared to other bullet hell games. You've got the medals. Collecting medals from defeated enemies when they flash in the sun. If you you collect collect them when they flash white, you get 2,000 points. I didn't know that. You can chain them. It's really hard to do. You've got like a tenth of a second to get them. So all those things I said earlier about my little tiny brain to try and work out and then you've got to do split second decisions with the medals while things are shooting at you and working at the bullets as well you can try or you can just collect all the medals and hope you get a few 
pointers, which I do. Mm. Collecting them when they're not flashing in the sun will give you less points. Technical bonus. This is work of genius, Isvik. I think you'll agree. God, more complications. This is is where the big points are. Get up close and personal to the EOLBs. And level bosses. Yay! And shoot the blue orb in the bellies, right in belly, and to immediately kill them. For I've put here fifty thousand points, but it's not; it's forty thousand points. Okay. Learn when they are going to flash their orb belly. Drop a bomb so it clears all the bullets around. Go right up close; you can actually touch them and shoot. Even with the lowest weapons, you destroy them, and you can destroy all the bosses like that so you don't have to go through the rigmarole of dodging all the bullets and wearing them down you just kill them straight away is that one hit kill almost yeah but then, then you got, but then you've got another part of the boss to kill is that right or is it kill it off straight away no that's just the second part of the boss you can oh right the main part okay yeah i didn't and know that either a, it, it just flashes up technical bonus and you get your points so save your sh- super sh- this is hard to say this save your super shot energy for the more powerful enemies in the level this obviously helps to clear the screen screen quicker <laughs> right a lot of dan makus encourage small movements on the screen to weave through the bullets not so here the enemy shots will home in on you so you have to be constantly moving all over the shop and you, you can kind of hoard them into areas of the screen. And I've watched, a, I'll put a link in the no shows. I've watched a, a two all clear on YouTube. And there's a guy like, he, he must have memorized it. And he goes like right to the top left of the screen. And as the, as the bullets come out, he just rotates around the screen. So he's got room to move. And that's what you call bullet hoarding, apparently. It's too difficult. How would you know that? <laughs> he's learnt it. He's oh, learnt it. God. Anyway, by going into the service menu and pressing F2... On a main system, not arcade. Do you have to do it with the dip switches on arcade, I take it? It might have a switch, I think. Or test button, yeah. Yeah. You can unlock the X36 craft after you've entered a code, which is much more much more powerful and makes the game easier. Still not that easy. That is a real snappy title for a, a, an aeroplane. That is an X36. Wow. You've My really, good old X36. <laughs> you've really got it in for this, haven't you? Vic? Yep. <laughs> When you die on your last life, you will be presented with a continue prompt with a countdown timer. If you can stop the timer when you continue when you continue a game and all the digits are same, i.e. 8.88 seconds, 6.66 seconds, you'll be awarded with a fully charged super shot meter. So you've got like a snowball's chance in hell of doing that, have you? Have you do you manage to do it? No. No. Well we don't continue, do we, on this? So. No. That's true. And I it's bet got, you did that. It's got, I, I did credit through it to see it all. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful graphics, Vic. I think you'll agree. No. <laughs> right, I'll put adequate music, gorgeous graphics, nicely coloured, well animated, imaginative and detailed bad guys and bosses. They are good. The Sikio fonts, you've got to agree with this. You've got to agree with one thing. The Sikio font is a nice font, the smaller one. No. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's not. It's, like, it's chunky and lovely. I can't remember looking at it, to be honest with you. I only played the game a few times. Cause I, I did try, because you tried to pull on my heartstrings and saying, oh, I tried on Donkey Kong Jr. and I ended up liking it. You should try. So, Go on then. I gave it about an hour. But I think the main problem for me is I was playing it on a normal PC screen because I didn't put it on the cap. And you've got to make such precise little movements dodging around the bullets. I don't think I could do it that well with such a small screen. I think you need a 29-inch screen to play it on. And obviously, if it was released in Japanese video game arcades, it would have been on candy cabs. 
more than likely, yeah. and you would be able to see the, the game a bit better, I think. Well, one I'm playing on, I think, is LCD. I've played it mostly, and I think that's about 17, looking at it, which is which is big enough, I'd say. Are you playing it in the right orientation with vertical? I'm just playing it. It's, it's hor- I, I don't bother rotating the monitor because oh, right. it's, it's big enough. The screen's big enough for yeah. me. Yeah, because I find it really hard to see. I'm, I'm only playing it on a... A widescreen normal PC LCD thing, and it's not very. But it's probably the same size as a fourteen-inch monitor, and you do need to be able to see it a bit better, I think. Mm. Mm. Go on then, go on. Just keep waxing lyrical about your silly game. <laughs> I was on about the fonts. You can tell a Sikio font because the zeros in the score are smaller than the rest of the digits. Okay, that's cool, isn't it? Rick? No, Tis I, I don't care for the zeros. <laughs> Cabinet art. Nout. None at all. Just a, just a kit, wasn't it? Yeah, Who, there's who'd a put this in a dedicated cab? What a waste of a cab that'd be. <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a grail cab. It'd be a, an on-fire cab if I ever saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's a flyer you can, we'll link to for the 1999 version. Is that, there's not even a... A striker's 1945 three flyer. I can't find. I can fu- I can find a 1999 flyer. No, oh, that's unusual. Anyway, Trivia. It's Trivia time. Trivia. There's a couple of a couple of really good web pages where you can hone your skills. It gives you a lot of tips. We okay. will link to them, and it explains the whole game actually. And, and then I've put a link in, like I said, for the two two all clear. Yeah, that's that must be hard going. God, yeah. He, this guy makes it look... So, he's playing with the X36 craft, but he's still a genius. He makes it look so easy. Mm. What like does the X36 craft do again? Is it faster firing or more powerful? It, it's more powerful bullets, and the your super shot is like a big, like a big wibbly-wobbly thing of power. <laughs> a wibbly-wobbly thing of power. Yes. Well explained, Sean. Nice Thanks, one. Mick. Good podcasting. Okay. Sikio <laughs> were an offshoot of Video System, who did the excellent Aero Fighters Sonic Wing series. Oh, I wonder where the rubbish games came from. Do you know what? I was playing one of the Aero Fighters on the Neo, G- Neo Geo System at Arcade Club. I think two and three was released on that hardware, and mm. one was dedicated. I like to and call I it thought... Arse Fighters. <laughs> and I, I recognised the rotating P power up, and I thought this has got something to do with Sikio, and the font looked the same. That gorgeous font, <sighs> so, so lazy using the same graphic on another system. They couldn't even bother when they moved offices and changed hardware to change the graphic. It's it's a theme. It continues Come on. It's like Capcom with the, their Yashiki symbol. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It's a rubbish argument. Anyway. I win. Sikio games have also appeared on PS1, PS2, PSP, Dreamcast, and mobile. You can get 1943, 1945, free on mobile. Oh, that's it's one fun of them. to play, just wobbling it, your finger around the screen. It's full of all unlockables, I think. Yeah, mm. you wouldn't pay 98 quid and you can play it properly. Yeah. Anyway, ports, sequels, and legacy. You want to know this, don't you? Definitely. <laughs> This is the fourth and last game in the series. Yes! Following, stri- stri- following <laughs> nine, Strikers 1945, 45.2, and 45+, plus, which was a version of 45.2 for Neo Geo hardware. Oh, I didn't know it's that. Also, it's, yeah, it's also on Google Play. Apparently, it, it's a bit different. It's a different team. It wasn't Sikio, I think. Okay. 
Okay, so let's get to the scores. We have had a very respectable 42 players. Really? Yep. Oh, for God's sake. What's wrong with you listeners? Come on. <laughs> right, I'm so disappointed comments, in our listeners. And then you'll see how wrong you are. Go on then. Uh, no, Andy Kay, one of Ed Horse's people, they're playing on the whiteboard at work. Well, putting the scores on the whiteboard, can't play on a whiteboard, that'd be crazy. 110,000. Do you know what? Playing this game on a whiteboard would be much more fun. <laughs> Damien IW, 110,300. Oh dear. Playing on a smartphone with awful controller, emulator keyboard, very spongy and awful for any game. Must find a better way. Or, this is probably the best way to play it. So Vincent Vine Climber Marmite, great name. That was me. One hundred eighteen thousand four hundred. Is that all I got? Yeah. I can't even remember sending you the score. I did try a bit harder, and I think I did level one maybe once, but I didn't know about all the score. You know, getting the score, the the medals when they went, they flashed white. This didn't even enter my mind. Didn't even see it. You should have practiced like you did with DK Junior. You've got to put practice in. DK Junior is a brilliant game, and it doesn't—it doesn't annoy the hair off the back of my neck. (laughs) I was so annoyed; hair was flying off my neck when I was playing it. So save over neck cuts. Yeah, I suppose save over neck cuts. Yeah. (sighs) So the next one is Chris Smith, hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred. Just a quick, a quick score in case I don't get more time to play. Uh, hopefully it'll get better on the vertical screen soon and do much better. Yeah, I think you would if you played on a vertical. Mm-hmm. Exploding Pinball Man, Boomco Pinball, 137.500. I would not say I'm a fan of so-called bullet hells, but this game appeals to me more than more more than bullety games of late on the 10p score challenge. Paul Higgins, he's got 145,100. Hi, fellas. I think it's safe to say that I am not good at shmups. I've been trying for days and I'm no good at dodging. Uh, Brian Haribo, 152,600. Stacey King, 164,500. Figured playing full screen on a 40-inch 4K TV. I am sat right in front of, might be hampering my game, so I shrunk the window to a more sensible size, and wouldn't you know I improved. Flintster Paradise Games, 173,500. I like it, but I feel like I'm no good at it. Eric, ooh, have a banana! Had his birthday recently. Uh, 174,600. Had a go. This will be my one and only submission. I had to play at work and no free time. Quite like it and think. And thank you, Autofire. Thank you, Eric. He's on the right track there. Michael Vortman, 189,500. I can see the gaps between the shots, but I'm long dead before my brain told my hand I can move. <laughs> Darren Coles, uh, uh, 189,600. Best I'm going to do. Really enjoyed playing this. We'll probably come back to it again. Nice one, Darren. You're wrong. Mark Happy Dude, 195,200. Managed to grab a few games tonight. Quite enjoy this one so far. Oh, well, you can do your Mark. own one here. Yeah, that'd be nice. So VIP, uh, 195,800. Great fun for a while, but not my favourite game genre. Absolutely. I love VIP. He's getting his snacks now. Ben of Steel, 197,200. Never experienced a bullet hell before. 30 minutes in and my eyes are stinging due to the lack of blinking. It's way too shooty-shooty for me going to lie down in a dark room for the weekend. That's the first kind of negative comment we've had, Vic. Have, have you yeah, I, I haven't given any negative comments so far. Just wait until I start. <laughs> Sal Buglerisi, 200,400. 
Curses, Holly. I never thought I'd pump more than a few quarters into a bullet hell shoe, but this one has completely grown on me. I love the sound and graphics, and the difficulty is definitely very high, but just enough to keep me coming back for more. Definitely adding this one to my favourite list. But, you've got to remember, with Sal, he likes really crap games. <laughs> <laughs> remember, he liked Kangaroo and Alibaba. He liked Donkey Kong Jr., young man. Well, yeah, he's got his exceptions. Tagster! 214, 600, great game. No. Yes, it is, Tagster. Oh, this uh, 10 pence alumni here. Trollnads, 243,800. Add a quick go. It's all right, I guess. Man of That's few high words. Praise. There you go. high praise from Trollnads. Uh, Steve Tyke, 246,500. Entertaining shooter, needs a few more bullets on screen to evade. I think he's being silly there. <laughs> Andy M, one of Ed's people, 258,000. Neil, 20 to 5, 258,300. Great, well-balanced game with a definite one-more-go appeal. Ah. Nice one, Neil. Matthew Bridge, 258,500. I'm hoping to get better at this by the deadline. I'm liking it much more than I expected. Luke, one of Ed's men, 259,000. Chris MCBL. Mooncrest the bootleg. Oh. 260,100. So many bullets. Gary Harris, 268,500. Not into high score challenges, but there's always a time for a first. This game is tough as hell, and I haven't played the Strikers since PlayStation days. This is not our GJ Harris. This is another Gary another Harris. Another Gary Harris, yeah. Yeah. He is Jimmy, 274,200. Thanks to Neil for wingman instructions. Not a bad game, this one. Maybe a tad repetitive, but kept going back for just one more game. It's got that, isn't it? You, do you find that? So yeah, I, 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 I wanted to play it one less time every time I played it. <laughs> and you played it once, right? Yeah. Uh, Ross Ross, 284,300. Goats hoof trimmed, a bit more work done in the games room, and a quick few goes of Strikers, 1945. Do you know what? Part three. Mm. I would rather have trimmed Ross Ross's goats' hooves than play this game in the rain. <laughs> God. Lee from the past. He is from the past, don't you know? Yeah. 287,700. This game fails the itchy nose test. This is a global test that checks if the game will allow you to scratch an itchy nose before you die. It doesn't. Not only that, but my nose is now constantly itching when I play. Do you know what? That is a good test. Because when you're waiting for Otto to come and you've shot all the Roberts on Berserk, you can scratch your nose, have a quick drink of your Diet Coke or whatever, have a cheese it and then get out the door. So that's the thing about that. This game is so immediate. You have like three seconds between levels. There's none of this baloney where it gives you hit ratios and and cut scenes. It's just bang, 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 bang. It's immediate. It's fantastically like a thing that you can play quick. You mean mean bang, bang, (laughs) bang, bang? You mean bang, dead, bang, dead, bang, dead? Oh, I'm dead again. End of game. Yeah, if you're rubbish. Garen, Retro Smupper, he's got a lightest. He loves his Retro Shmup. 294-700. Never played this game before, but played the previous ones. Great addition to the series. Had trouble getting a decent run, but enjoyed it. Fantastic pick. Thank you, G-Man. Paul McCaskey, 297,400. This game needs a decent-sized screen, which is what you were saying, Vic. Mm-hmm. Played it on my laptop in the week and hated it, but now I've rotated my monitor and I'm getting more into it. Ben Granville. 301,400. <laughs> I like how when you beat the mama boss, you get to fight a baby boss too. Oh, yeah. 
button mashing fun. We're getting some into the good scores now. 319-500. Such a great game in the Sikio lineup. Not as tough as some of the cave games either. Tactical Giles, is that right? Yeah. 328,300. Enjoyable game. Maybe a little bit too bullety at times, but doesn't feel unfair and keeps me coming back for one more go. So, Sean, we're getting onto some quite high scores now. What, because you're quite an expert at this game, what do you reckon is a really good score on this and upwards? A really good score, I'd say, is anything over 500,000, I'd say. Really? So these aren't even the good scores yet. So, uh, Anna, one of Ed's guys again, 352,600. Ed Horse himself, 359,600. This is difficult, competitive, and quick. Everyone is liking it. He means in no, they're office. not. They're not. Yeah, yeah, as you said. I didn't like it. It's re- You're not in Ed's office, are you? That's true. And he wouldn't let you in because you don't like it. Absolutely. Arcade <laughs> Robot from the Future, Charlie Fart, 401,700. I love shmups, and this is really nice, but not fond of the chaining or tech bonuses. And such like. Yeah, Charlie Farr's more into the older games, I think. Ian Cullen, 419,300. It's very pretty, isn't it? Love that you're able to shoot the bosses right in plums. That's that blue <laughs> orb you're on about. Mm. Right, this is me, Shane Shooty Pants Hollister, 436,100. I tried, but I couldn't beat level four. So, you, so you're bit... saying even your score wasn't a good score? Not really. I oh, just couldn't. Pff, no. I'm disappointed I couldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to carry on. Anyway, yeah, 436, so I am in fifth place, which I'm disappointed with. Mm. Phil from the Ed Group, 459,900. Oh, nice one for his group. Sol, 509,400. Very fun, this, and each game is short, too. It's like a caffeine hit. Perfect. If you don't like coffee. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. Nick Silversmurfer. 521,400. Ooh, those pretty bullet patterns. Too hypnotic for me. Needed to force myself to blink to stop my contacts from spot welding themselves to my eyeballs. Nice game, though. Now, he got to level 1.616. Yeah. Which is amazing, because everyone else everyone else is sort of plateaued at 1.4. Yeah. Sol got to 1.5. Wow. Nick got to 1.6. And the winner... Go on, Ben. X Mosquito. 887,300. Whoa. Really wanted to get the first loop, but this game is so brutal without the secret X-36 ship. No other ship even comes close. I'm not a huge bullet hell fan, to be honest, and the psycho super fast bullet patterns and traps make my head spin. So he's he's not even that fat fond of it and still managed to get 887,300. Did he loop this, Sean? No, he, he got to one eight, which is the end. Oh my very... god! X Mosquito is such a good games player. I I actually really truly believe that if I saw X Mosquito in an arcade playing that game, I'd rather watch him and what's going on with his eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. I just I'd rather watch him and play it myself. Absolutely. I think if you watch someone playing this, it's something to behold. I mean, I've seen mm. videos before with some of the Japanese players playing these crazy cave games, and you're like, how can you just? Just it just itches their way through the bullets. It's like it's like watching a really slow maze. It's like a maze being slowed down. And it's just it's amazing how their brains work. I I just can't do it. What sort of arcade hand do you think you get when you get a score that big? Do you look like Dr. Caligari? Like I think you do, yeah. <laughs> so summary and improvement. Shall I take this one, Sean? No. Hit it with a baseball bat. <laughs> and then the game is perfect. 
it won't I'm work. I'm going to read my bit, and then we're going to have some stern words, all right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bloody love it. Currently, my favourite bullet hell, just Pippin Ketsui. That's currently, I always change. Yeah. I will give you one... Uh, oh, the, imp- the only improvement I would do, I'd give the game one more second's grace after respawning, because you, you can die straight away. It's such an immediate game. You spawn, I think you have maybe two, three seconds, you know, when you stop flashing and you're vulnerable again. Yeah. I'd have maybe one more second just to sort of get your head right. Is that not in the dip switches, do you reckon, on the difficulty level? Maybe it does that? There is difficulty, yeah. I think we've, we've just left it at medium, I think, which yeah. is like super rock hard. Anyway, if you like this, then try other Sikyo verticals, Dragon Blaze, Gunbird, Samurai Aces, which is Sengoku Ace, and the other Strikers games. They also did Bonkers Horizontal games, Soul Divide. You look at that, it's strange. Mm. And Tengai, which is Sengoku Blade, which is Sengoku Aces 2. And the excellent Zero Gunner games. You've got to admit, they're good. I can't remember, to be honest with you. It, it's got a mechanic where you can spin the whole your helicopter and you can rotate. Oh, yeah, you can sh- move slightly to the left or slightly to the right. That's on no, Naomi hardware, isn't it? You can go all the way around. You can. It's like... So oh. it's an ast- like asteroids. You can rotate all the way around. It's sort of you- the same vein as Mad Planets. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. How do you t- how do you turn the, the aircraft round? Have you got a spinner? No, you've got a button. You hold your finger on the button. Oh, they the don't joy- work as well. You need a spinner for that sort of thing. The joystick turns into rotate mode. Oh, that's that's a bit difficult to do, isn't it? When you've got a, a screen full of bullets going on. It it's, takes a bit of getting used to, but it is good. It was Ooh. in the first arcade club. Ooh. Sounds so weird. And Andy still must have the board somewhere. Yeah, sounds weird. Anyway. I'll come anywhere. on I'll come on with Baitful bat and, and smash it up. What, you smash it with Zero Gunner as well? Yeah. <laughs> Just by association. Yeah, death by association. <laughs> right, final thing to say on this. Quite a few of the other Sikyo shooters have a mechanic whereby you lose the top power-up after a time. It, like, times out and yep. you go down a power-up. Gunbird has it, a couple of others have it. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't, so it's even better even better so um, can i can i give this game a bit of a battering now nope okay move, let's move on i'm gonna <laughs> anyway i'm gonna anyway oh. well to me when i played it the first 10 seconds i went this is gunbird reskinned what would you seriously what would you say to it's gunbird reskin because it, it's got very pretty graphics because it was that era of technology where they could make nice 16-bit graphics on games Mm-hmm. And Sikio are known for their artwork. I mean, the artwork between levels is very good. It's very Japanese anime style, as all the games are in that those series. It's got the first four random levels, exactly the same as Gunbird, both the Gunbird game. You can choose different craft, which is the same as Gunbird. You've got the same amount of crafts you can change to. It's got to be made with the same engine when so they made the game. It's SH2 hardware, isn't it? But there well, are no, I'm no... not talking about hardware. I'm talking about the game engine. When they actually built yeah. it, they probably used the same software in the game same code but obviously change the graphics obviously change the the bullet patterns but it's the same format in every game i noticed when i was playing one level there was like a train level where trains are moving up and down the screen yeah that's a tough one and that's exactly the same as gunbird they've got a train level in it that's fantasy graphics though isn't it which you're saying the, the difference is fantasy graphics i'll live with no, that the gunbird has the weird but it's still got the trains moving up and down, shooting stuff at you. So they're moving uh, ho- uh, vertical while you're going up the screen as well, scrolling. And it just reminds me, this is Gunbird with a different... I'm not as versed in the, the games as you are. So you obviously know all the intricate differences. But to me, as a, as a layman, I thought it's just the same as Gunbird. And I didn't like that either. And I got playing it, and it's a, 
it's the same kind of difficulty. Very, very difficult game as well. I think it's probably more difficult than Gunbird. Yeah, it is. For, there are no cutscenes, though. There are no anime cutscenes, so you obviously didn't complete a level. Uh, I think I did once or twice. <laughs> so, so you don't even see um, like the sort of ending bit where it tells you you've got a bonus score, because I can't remember, really, or if you've got a bonus score and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't even do Right that. at the end of the game, you get like a, a presentation where you get graded on how you killed the bosses. It sort of flashes through that. But okay. not until the end of the game, there's... You finish level one and level two's on in like five seconds or even less. Yeah, I think that just makes the the game a difficult game even more difficult. You don't have a second to breathe. I know some people like that because Mm. they want a quick game and then they can stop, finish the game, play another game. But the difficulty in this level really killed it for me. If the bullets were a little bit slower, I I kind of would have liked it better. Because I like shoot 'em ups, I like vertical shoot 'em ups, you know, like 1942. Volgus, the older ones, and also like some of the newer ones, like well, I say new for us is like nineties, but stuff like Raiden, Raiden Two, Raiden Fighters games are crazy. They're just mental. They're too fast. They're just absolutely nuts. They are similar to this, but I, think, I like yeah. some cave games as well. Not all of them because some of the difficulty level they're crazy. But one like um, there's, there's a game Goanga, which is an absolutely beautiful game, and it's got some good tactics to it, but they're not complicated. Which I think this mm. game is overly complicated, especially with the chain in, and the, the you know the thing that you do with the, the medals when they go silver, and you get the medals, and you've got to worry about loads of things going on at once. And my tiny brain can't handle that, and it's just too it's difficult. Not, it's not as complicated as a cave game, I don't think. You've just got them two different score mechanics. You got the chain in, and then the technical bonus. That but is why it. Why can't they just give you points for shooting stuff in face? <laughs> Well, I think the technical bonus is a really good idea. No. Chaining, not. I'm not bothered with. I don't really like... I'm not really keen on all Some these Some games work well with chaining. I mean, we were playing Sky Cursor earlier, weren't we? Yeah, and that, yeah, that works yeah, well yeah. with the chaining, but they've sort of slowed... The, they've speeded the chain up on that game now, which makes it, in my opinion, more difficult and not as much fun. Uh, but mm. yeah, the chain thing, I'm not too keen on myself because it, it sort of... It, it lures you into doing things quickly and you get killed easier. Whereas you could take your time shooting certain things on certain parts of the screen to clear bits, which is a more intelligent way of doing a game, I think. Mm. The most exhilarating feeling I get in any video game is turning Gunbird off. Or turning this game off. Yeah, same game. It's it's weaving through, successfully weaving through a load of bullets and then coming out the other side. That is the best feeling in games for me. Yeah, I I I don't share it, Sean. I don't share it. It's brutal. It's uncompromising, like my haircut. It's absolutely um, and it's shiny. Just, it's a perfectly well presented, immediate, in your face shoot 'em up package. It's just great. Do you know what? Do you know what? I think, and I'm going to be honest here and admit, the the thing that annoyed me most about this game is it's so difficult. I couldn't get into it. I just couldn't get into because it it's just it is brutal and games like that, but they annoy me. But stuff like Ghosts and Goblins is very brutal, and Go- Ghouls and Ghosts very brutal games. But I still like them. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, Cuba is another game. It's very easy to get hold of, but it's difficult for me to get beyond a certain rate. And Frogger, but I still go back to them time and time and time again. And I don't care if I don't get a high score. I just enjoy playing the game. But on this game, it really bothered me, and I just wanted to turn it off. 
and play about. I think game. it's yeah. If you you just don't like the bullet hells, do you really? I do. I like Gwanga and I like Death Smiles. And I mean, mm-hmm. certain parts of 1942 when it gets busy get almost bullety hell. Not the the bullet curtains like these games, but it gets quite busy. And I like mm. those. And it, uh, you're right. If you can sort of survive just nipping through and missing a bullet, it's a great feeling when you survive. But yeah. when you're sort of going through loads of them, and some of these games, they just go on for what seems like minutes of just endless bullets. You just hold the button down to fire and hopefully hit it when it moves around. And you're just weaving. It's not a shoot of me then. It's a weaving game. And I think they're very, <laughs> very different. There is, yeah, it's like like anything. When you get really into them, there is tactics. Yeah, but I think but I think it, a vertical shooter is a, di- a completely different beast to a Dan Maku game. Mm-hmm. That you've got to think very differently, and you've got different kind of reactions, and you've got to tune your brain into playing a different kind of game. Yeah, I must admit, if when I come back to these, it takes me a while to get back into them. Mm. Like I'm rubbish for a few games, and then I start you know, moving slower and dodging slower. And at this one, you have to move quite quick. But like the cave games, it's the, the bullets are traditionally slow, slower than this one. Yeah. The, bu- the bullet speed of... of this, when you're very close mm. to an enemy, they don't care. They will just shoot you if you're very close. Mm. I know you can bump into the enemies on this, which is a bit of a saving grace. But if you bump into it and move a centimetre away, they will shoot you in the face, mm. which is yep. not on. It's just That's not on, right. sir. That's what Raiden does as well, though, isn't it? That is yeah, brutal, for... brutal. But that's a game I still like, even though it is very brutal. I can get better at Raiden. Every now mm. and again, if I play Raiden or Raiden 2 and keep playing it, I can usually do the first level without losing a life. And that, for me, is massive. I mean, because yeah. it, is, it is a hard game. It's difficult. Let's just go on to our co-host again. What did you think of this game in a nutshell, Ben? Uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think. I think. Uh, yes. I understand from Me? Sean. No, well, so no, I not get, you. I get what you where you're coming from, Sean. I, I I do really crap analogies. I'm a bit famous for it, and I think uh, these kinds of games, bullet hell games, is like so regular games are like the baby pool. Yeah. And then you have like your Donkey Kong Juniors and stuff that people can get good at, but they're accessible. That's like when you yeah. move from the small pool. Mm-hmm. But this kind of game is like pure deep end. Yes, it's like the black slopes when you go skiing. Yeah. And I, 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 me personally, I think that you just—I think it's just particular kinds of people that are naturally uh, gravitated towards that sort of deep end kind of swimming. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't think—I think the thing that locks me out is that it's just that it's too intense, and I feel like the algorithms that you need to put in and the time you need to spend, you know, it's just—it's—it's it's not accessible for some of my attention span. Yeah, so I, me I, get, too. I, I, I totally have a man, Marty, and I, I whinge about it. And I, I go back downstairs to my wife, and I'm like, I want to play Hunchback again or Crazy Balloon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was agreeing with you all the way until you mentioned that rubbish game, Hunchback. That's an amazing so game. So you can have one of these as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, no, that, that's what I'd, I'd conclude. Like, I, I find it very entertaining that there's players out there that can do it. It's just, I feel very not. It's not an accessible sort of genre. I don't think you can easily pick it up and run with it. No, I think it takes yeah. a lot of playing. And if you're like me and you get frustrated with dying very quickly all the time, yeah. you tend to just turn it off. And because like for this podcast, I do try and have a go at the games because I don't want to just dismiss them immediately. But this one's like 
immediate dismissal, but I had to go back and play it because you tried to make me feel bad about it. I do. I, it worked though, didn't it? My, yeah. The, to round up though, I do understand what you're saying about in, liking intense games. Like I love Marble Madness, mm. and I like I very rarely ever complete it, but I can sometimes. It's mad. And it's really intense, like it's especially when you get to the later levels and the the music sped up and it's you're so I I don't think it's about the game being too intense and it being, you know it's just it just feels like you've got to know your stuff to go yeah, in there yeah. and actually enjoy playing it. And Marvel Madness, if you play that on a proper cabinet as well, it's a physical thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you just go crazy on it. It's like when you yeah. play like a, a rhythm game or whatever, you just get you just get mad. I mean, when I play Donkey Konga, I usually have to sit and be pants and vest playing <laughs> yeah, it because you get yeah. so hot playing yeah. it and going crazy on it I, but, I might so yeah. one final thing I would say mind Sean the, the schmops are like a, like Battle Squadron or Truxton or Fire Shark uh, Biohazard Battle them types of that. that's the amount of bullets that I want in a schmop yeah Truxton is brutally hard if yeah, you can get into that it's beautiful though but I don't it think is great. It is I don't great. think Truxton's that difficult because I can play it for a little while I'm not as good as you at it I can play it for a little while. I would much prefer that game to this one because I think it's, it's got more of a sixteen-bit yeah. look to it as well. More sort of Trucks pixelated and, yeah, graphics. You can, have, you can have a good few minutes on it before it gets hard. But this mm. is each level in this. I don't know. The guy that did the two CC is video is thirty minutes. So I'm thinking it, it's fifteen minutes to finish eight levels. So each level has got to be two minutes. Yeah, they're very Which, short levels. Well, I noticed. Yeah, a lot of shooters are from this era. But did, did you I, also say that every single boss is a two-part boss? Yeah, that gets a bit samey as well. I, I like to have yeah. bosses that are very different. No, they are very different. The graphics are very different. They've got different attacks. Some it's, of them spin. Some of them like like throw down, the legs up. Some like go spiders. left and right. I'm a diehard Gunstar Heroes fan, so I don't mind the bosses. Like once you in Gunstar Heroes, if you kill a boss, it changes about nine times. Oh yeah, I suppose the Sonic games as well. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Robotnik, you know, you knock out his egg thing and it sprouts legs or there some wings and flies off and then whatever. It's a beautiful it game, is. Sean. I totally agree with you. Like the, these games look yeah. stunning. Very, very nice. It's just a, as you know, it's a, it's my favourite genre, and this is one of my favourite games. And I'll I'll keep coming back to it until I get a bit better at it. And I was going to say I've not given it enough time, but I have. I've played it a lot. I've just not got really good at it yet. So basically what we're saying, listeners, is I'm totally right and Mr. Holly is an egghead. <laughs> right, Vic, I'm going to hit you with this frame pan. Ow! You hit me right on the nose, jeepers. Right, have this baseball bat right there. Ow, my left facial structure. <laughs> I'm some of this. Oh, yeah. Have that with me right on the knee, you swine. <sighs> That's enough of that. Oh, ow. I'm going to be limping now. Let's wrap this one up. And we've got a listener pick. And we're going to call it a VIP pick. Because we've got a oh. listener here and also a co-host. I gave him, I showed him the list earlier of all the listener games of, of people wrote in and asked for. And Mr. Ben is going to tell us which one we're going to play. And I have got no hold over this at all. He's got a little list in front of him, and he's going to choose whatever one he's going to play, and we're going to play it. That's true. Right, okay. I do feel like you've, you've given me free reign on this. Which Go is... for it. Which game do you want to play, then? So, of all of them, I thought Contra was quite interesting. Anteater's yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Carnival, classic. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Spirit. Sean, that's another shmup that I really like, Dragon Spirit. But that's, that's good. That's yeah. kind of the level of difficulty I enjoy. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Slap Fight, that looks really interesting. Yeah, Slap Fight's a good game. But I think I'm going to have to go with my favourite game for the Mega Drive. Yeah. yeah. Which is Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh. oh. Good ben, game, no, good that, game. <laughs> now that is a tough one. That is a very difficult game. It's going to, for me, it's going to be how far I can get in the game, not really how much how many points I can get is how far Which, mm. you should do that You should. we should like submit how far we get and the score yeah, I'm yeah. Not, yeah it's one of them games that I absolutely adore but I'm terrible at it so the standard level for this standard uh, dip switches yeah we'll, we'll put it in the show notes it must just be standard settings yeah, whatever so they are so if you're playing yeah. it on main we set a standard anyway or if it's if you've got a PC if you're lucky enough to have a PCB of it Look at the dip switch settings, and they're always set at standard anyway. You can just set it to standard. And uh, submit your score on Twitter with hashtag 10p score or on Facebook as a comment or our podcast posts. Uh, pictures, please, if you'd like to send your scores in. And the deadline for score submissions is 15th of April. 15th of April. Uh, so good luck with ghosties and ghoulies. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Ben, for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. It was amazing. Yes, thank you very much, and we will catch you next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. 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 You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.